How are y'all doing? Good. 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 Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, trust that your uh, your your Christmas uh, uh, festivities and and so on went very well, and, and of course with New Year's as well. Uh, JD had asked about uh, New Year's for the Locke family, and I said, you know, it's funny. The older I get. Uh, the more I look forward to the ball dropping and so on, because that's when I can go to bed. Um, so, you know, I, I try to hold up, try to keep up and so on, and, uh, and then we all, you know, we see the ball dropping, yay, that's wonderful, happy new year, I love you, good night. And uh, <laughs> that's when we, when we get to bed. But God was really kind with us, we got to see some folks uh, up north, got to see our family, and, uh, and then... Uh, we got in our truck yesterday, and in God's grace, uh, we made really, really good time to uh, get home uh, here uh, last night, and, and we're well rested and so on, and I tell you, after a couple of weeks of being apart, it's so good to see faces again, and so I'm, uh, at least half of your faces, and so I'm, I'm very grateful uh, to be back and to be able to worship the Lord and hear uh, the sound of God's people singing praises to his name again. It's so good to be together. Well, let's turn our Bibles uh, to Romans uh, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, we read it together, but you know, uh, Paul said not to neglect the, the public reading of Scripture, and so we're going to read it again, if that's okay with you guys. Uh, Romans chapter 8, and when you're there, say, I'm there. All right, let's read it again, beginning of verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Um, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, Hope that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Let me read the next couple of verses as well. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings, too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And, and I know I'm not going to be preaching this next week, but i, I got to get to verse 28. And we know for those who love God, 
all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I'll leave the rest for next week. I can't, I can't, I, yeah, that's good. Uh, but oh, this, is, this is such, such good, assuring hope that we have here. So let's pray that God would give us insight and understanding, that we may understand not only what his word says, but that we may heed what he says, not just today, but throughout this new year. All right, let's pray. Father, would you indeed work in us this scripture? We need you. Lord, we are completely inept when it comes to obeying your scripture by means of our flesh. We've learned this enough uh, in our readings in, in Romans thus far. Left to our own devices, left to our own selves, there is no way that we can please you. In fact, our flesh is hostile to you. Our flesh does not want to obey you. Indeed, it cannot please you. So, Father, I pray that you would help us by means of your Holy Spirit to walk in a manner worthy of Christ. We need your help. Father, I know that there are some who come today and come into the new year with the same burdens that they had last year, and perhaps even the year before that, the year before that. So, Father, I pray that this would be a comfort, that this would be a, a healing balm for them to take another step, and another after that, and another after that, all the way to glory. We know, Lord, that there are some who are here that do not believe in Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that you would make it so undeniably clear that this is the truth, that this is the reality in which we all live. May they turn away from false narratives and turn away from lies and myths and turn to the truth. And as our Lord said, your word is the truth. So, Father, I pray that they would see Jesus as he is they would see you in just a glimpse of your glory and that their hearts would, would overflow in love to you for you are who we were made for. We thank you for all these things. And we ask big things because you're a big God and you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So magnify your son among us. Draw us nearer by your grace. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said before, Happy New Year. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a little bit of excitement in the air, right? It seems like it comes with every new year. Uh, something about the, the end of one calendar and the beginning of another one is just, is just exciting, right? You know, it's, it feels like a, like a new lease on life. It, it, it feels like a clean slate, a, a fresh set of downs, if you will. New beginnings. Uh, here we are in January, and, 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 and we are uh, already, maybe some of you already have, have made the mistake of writing 2021 uh, on, your, on a piece of paper, or, or you've made the mistake of saying, yeah, remember we did this uh, uh, you know, um, last year, and by last year you meant 2020, and now last year is not 2020, now it's 2021, and you go, oh, I gotta you know, change all of this. Why? Because it's new. We're in a new year. 
And there's all the excitement and the anticipation about what the year may bring. And yet, if we're all honest, we realize that not everything in this new year is new, right? If we're honest, it feels like a new beginning, and yet at the same time, there are things that were present in 2021 that are still present here in 2022. We still have a virus that has now, you know, had several variants and has, has gone on tour all over the world and, and has taken many, many lives in the process. We wonder about is this ever going to end? We wonder about all these different variants. And it seems like the, the current one that's all the rage in our world uh, isn't as, as strong or at least isn't as deadly as the ones that we've experienced in the last couple of years. But yet it's another reminder that 2022 still feels a lot like 2021, which felt a lot like 2020, right? We also have various struggles that we're dealing with. Internal struggles with sin. Internal struggles with anxieties and, 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 and worries. They're burdens that you carried in 2021 that didn't magically disappear in 2022. They're still here. Perhaps you've had relational issues that were there in 2021 that are still here in 2022. So we go around telling each other, Happy New Year, and, and maybe you have some naive little, you know, punk, you know, that goes around saying, this year's going to be, you know, the best year yet. And you just want to punch them in the face, don't you? You know, just be quiet, you know. It's just not, you don't know. You know, it's not, it may be true, it may not be true. Have we learned anything over the last couple of years? Right? It's just, we don't know. And for many of us that come into the year carrying these burdens, we wonder, will it ever end? You know, when I look back at yesterday, and well, today looks a whole lot like yesterday, and you know, yesterday looks a whole lot like the day before that, and that day looks a lot like the day before that, it makes you wonder if the days ahead are going to be more of the same. Well, for those of us who are believers in Christ, I'll be honest with you, I have absolutely no promise about 2022. <laughs> it could be better. It could be worse. There could be something right around the corner for you that I cannot anticipate, you surely can't anticipate, and, and it may just knock you off your feet. It could be a blessing. You know, some of you may find the love of your life this year. You may get married, and, and by the end of the year, you're going, oh my goodness, I just never saw this coming. This is amazing. You may have some type of windfall that might, might come this year, and all of a sudden, you know, all your bills are paid by the end of 2022. Come, Lord Jesus. Um, you know, it could be that way. Uh, it could also be that you may walk into the doctor's office, and you complain about, you know, this weird feeling, and after a run of tests, they find out that it's cancer. You could have a family member who all of a sudden is starting to slip in their memory and you start to realize that it's the beginning stages of dementia. You may have, you know, someone that you trusted 
Someone that you thought were, you guys were ride or die, friends to the end, and, and this year that person may turn their back on you. You don't know. And I can't give you any guarantees about 2022. I have no clue. But I do have a guarantee about your future. I can't say anything about this year, but I can say something about a little bit further down the road. <laughs> and the good news that we have as believers is that the struggles that we deal with today and the struggles that may even be uh, uh, unanticipated and so on for this year, they're still but for a moment. It's just a moment. That moment may be hours. That moment may be days. That moment may be weeks, it may be months, it may be years, but it's still, nevertheless, only a moment. And what comes after that moment is so monumental that it far exceeds all of the grief and the pains and the sorrows in the moment of our suffering. That's what Paul's talking about here. C.S. Lewis has a term for this. If you read his book, uh, Surprised by Joy, and, and when he writes joy, he makes a difference between what he does. He, calls, he talks about joy with a lowercase j, and he talks about joy with a capital J. Uh, the joy with a capital J is related to a German term that he uses called sensucht. Uh, there we go. That's, that's German. New year, new language. There we go. Uh, sensucht. Can you say that? Sensucht. There we go. We're, we're all Pentecostal today. And um, uh, what, what, what does that term mean? What, what is, what is sensuck? Well, uh, I think that it, it has a parallel to what Paul's talking about in this passage. Uh, he, he, he uses this term. Look, look at uh, uh, verse 23. Uh, actually, let's go up a little bit further. Let's look at verse uh, 22. He says, For we know that the whole creation has been, and here's Paul's term, Groaning together. Groaning together. Verse 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly. Look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with what? Groanings. There's that word. I think that's Paul's term for what C.S. Lewis calls sensucked. And so Lewis's definition of it is basically this is this intense longing for things to be the way that they should be. It's an intense longing for more. I, I feel in, in, the, in the depths of my being that this is not the way that it should be. I feel it inside. I feel it when I look at the news. I feel it when I walk around in the community. I feel it in, on, on holidays. We go home to see family. I, I feel it. Everything is fine and dandy and all that, and then something happens that makes you want to go home really fast, right? <laughs> what is that? It's sensucked. That's what it is. It's the groaning. The groaning that says, this isn't the way that it should be. 
And I long for it to be what it should be. Paul here says that we all feel this. In fact, not only do we feel this, but the whole creation feels this. And then did you notice, and, and as he said in verse 26, even the Holy Spirit joins us in this groaning. We'll talk about the first two today. We'll talk about creation groaning, and we'll talk about our own groaning. Here's what Paul says. He says, you know that groaning that you feel, that groaning that we experience in this creation, that itself is the evidence that something greater is coming soon. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. Look what he says in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. All right? So you've got present pain right here, all right? On one side of the scale. And you've got future glory there on the other side of the scale. And Paul's weighing them out. And he says, this isn't even a competition. I mean, you know, you feel like that burden that you feel that you're carrying into 2022. You feel like it's like it's intense. You feel like it's too much for you to bear. You feel like it's insurmountable. You feel like there's just no way that this obstacle can be removed. Paul says, check out the glory that's coming right after that. The glory that is right after that is of such a weight, if you will, that it can't even be compared, uh, uh, that the sufferings you feel right now can't even be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's a mismatch. It's not even close. How do I know that? How do, how do you know that, Paul? You know that by looking at the groaning. Creation is telling you all over the place. Your own soul is telling you this all the time. This is not the way that it should be. Something better must be coming. Now, you may be here and you're hearing all of this and you go, isn't this all wishful thinking? I mean, you know, we're, we're just going to, you know, walk around like little orphan Annie. It wasn't that, wasn't she the one that said the sun will come out tomorrow? Wasn't that her? You know, we're just going to walk around, you know, the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. I mean, I mean, that's, that's a pretty safe bet that there will be sun, you know, tomorrow. Uh, but, but, but how do I know that, you know, things are going to be better, not, not just the metaphorical, you know, the, the scientific sun is going to come out, but, but the metaphorical for my life. How do I know that life is going to get better? How do I know this? Well, we know this because of what we've read already in Romans. We know this because, yes, we are sinners, and yes, we are under a curse, and yes, we are uh, uh, deserving of the judgment that is to come, but God has given us a Savior. He has not given us some wishful Santa pie-in-the-sky type thing. He's given us his very own son who lived the life that we could not live, who was clothed in his righteousness and so on that we could never attain and we could never accomplish, and he gladly and willingly gives that to us. His life he gives to us. His righteousness he gives to us. It is wishful thinking 
only if the one that we talk about is still in the grave. But the fact that he has come out of the grave and has ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, tells us there's a future coming. This is not the end of the story. Death is not the end of the story. Sin is not the end of the story. The curse is not the end of the story. And that's why we groan. We groan because we know that this is true. If you are here today and you don't believe in Jesus, the very question that I have to ask for you is, why are you groaning? Have you ever stopped to ask that question? Why do you groan? If, if this is all that there is to life, why does your heart yearn for something more? You know why your heart yearns for that? I'll tell you why, because scripture tells us your heart yearns for something more because there is something more. There is something more. And that something more is this glory that Paul is talking about here. Okay? You're not alone in the groaning. You're not alone in the yearning. We all yearn. And as we see here, creation does too. Let's look at this. Verse 20. We see, or I'm sorry, verse 19. We hear about creation's groaning in verse 19. Look what he says. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. If you're here today and you're a believer, creation is on pins and needles for you. Yeah, it can't wait. It's, it's, like, it's like Christmas season forever <laughs> for, for creation. Creation is just sitting there going, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Can, can we hurry up and unwrap the present? Can we please? And we're all wrapped up. Right? We're, we're still in our, in our unredeemed bodies. We're, we're still under the curse of death. We're still, you know, living this life in this fallen world and all that. And creation is like, hurry up and open the prison. Can, can we, this thing is about to knock over. I need to, I need to calm down. But, but, but we're, you know, creation is just like, please, you know, what's going on? You know, hurry up and reveal it. Hurry up and reveal the sons of God, which should make you go, oh, okay, is there something about me that I don't know? <laughs> is there something about us that we don't know? Because creation apparently knows, you know, the deal. And we're all going, I look in the mirror and I'm not excited. <laughs> I, I look in the mirror and I see warts and everything. And I see the gray and the beard. I actually did this, by the way. I, 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 I picked up a picture of me when we moved to North Carolina, when I started teaching at Southeastern. This was uh, 2018, uh, uh, my first semester at Southeastern. And there was a picture of me, uh, we were doing like a panel discussion or something, and I was sitting here, and, 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 I'm, and someone took a picture, and I kept the picture, and I looked at me, and, and I saw me three years ago, now nearing four years ago. I didn't know that all this gray wasn't here four years ago. <laughs> like I'm looking at myself, it's like, it's like the president picture, you know, when you see the president, they always come in, you know, looking like they're 20, and then when they leave, they look like they're 107, you know, and, 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 and you're just looking, going, and I asked Danny, I was like, is this true? <laughs> and she, you know, being Annie, she's just like, you're still you know, the most handsome man in the world to me, which I know is, is just, you know, a load of, well, anyway, so, you know, she has to say that. She's contractually obligated to say that, but, you know, so I'm just like, what in the world, you know, but, but this is real. You know, what is it about us that we see 
that that you know uh, that we don't see that creation sees and goes, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is amazing. All right, we gotta we gotta wait for this. Okay, he's gonna tell us what it is. But why is creation so excited about this? Well, creation is so excited about this because creation is in the same boat as we are. See this? Look what it says, verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility. Notice the passive. It was subjected. And he, 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 he emphasizes it more. It was subjected not willingly. Okay? Creation wasn't going, da da da, da we're ready to be cursed today. That's not creation. All right? It was not willingly, but it was because of him who subjected it. You say, who is the one that subjected it? Well, he later on says it's the, the same person that's going to set it free. And so who is this? Well, it's God. You say, when did that happen? Well, if you know your Bibles and if you begin your Bible reading, you know in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 exactly when it happened, right? Uh, Adam uh, listened to the voice of his, of his wife. Don't go too far with that. Um, and uh, that, that verse is never on a mug. Uh, because you listen to the voice of your wife and, and so on. Cursed. I mean, and you'd really just stop it right there. Um, because you listen to the voice of your wife and you ate from the fruit that I told you not to eat. Cursed is the ground. Did you catch that? Creation is subjected to futility because of our sin. Our sin puts all of creation under a curse. Because of our sin, there are hurricanes. Because of our sin, there are viruses. Because of our sin, we, we have scientists you know, trying to figure out climate change and all of that, and I don't know what to think and who to believe, and, and I'm sure we're probably all over the map when it comes to those things. One thing I do know is I didn't wear a coat today in January. That's weird, right? Uh, you know, and even in Pennsylvania, we were walking around without, without coats on in January. What's up with that? I don't know what's up with that. All I know is something's off here. It's a part of the groaning of creation. It's a part of the futility of creation. Things die. Animals attack each other and so on. And, and this is all a part of it. Creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. It's, it's enslaved to this. But there's hope. See what it says there at the end of verse 20? It's subjected in hope. That the creation itself will be set free. The word there for set free uh, is also the word for redeem or redemption. That it will be redeemed from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom or the redemption, same word, of the glory of the children of God. Ah, 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 wait a second, wait a second, go back, go back to verse 19. The creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Now you have here in verse 21, the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Ah, so what is to be revealed at the end of days? Our glory. Did you see that? We are going to receive glory. That's what's under the wrapper right now. 
That's what's under wraps. So we right now are living life and, and we have some semblance of glory. I find myself living Christ-like uh, in a Christ-like way. I see myself loving in a Christ-like way. I see myself enduring as Christ does. I see myself uh, uh, being kind and gracious as Christ was kind and gracious to me. I see patience and so on. Those are little glimpses of glory that I'm experiencing in my life. Little, little teeny glimpses of glory. But, but there's coming a day where that glory is going to permeate my entire being. See what's going on? Uh, right now, my body is kind of holding me back a little bit because I, it's susceptible to death. It's still under the curse and all of that. And there's going to come a day where this body of mine is going to be buried six feet under. But there's coming a day after that when the Lord will, will return. And at the return of the Lord, this body that will be buried six feet under is going to rise up from the dead. And when it rises up from the dead, it will no longer have the curse. It will no longer have death. It will no longer be riddled with disease or any other of these things. It will no longer even be susceptible to those, to those things, nor will it ever again be susceptible to sin. I thought more people would say amen. Thank you, J.D., very much. I appreciate you, brother. No, 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 no more will it be susceptible to any of those things. One day it will come when our bodies will finally, fully, and forever radiate the glory of our great God. That day's coming. That day's coming. You may not see it all the way in the mirror, but the next time you look in the mirror, look at that, that face and say, glory's coming. Glory's coming. And creation is, is just sitting back going, I can't wait. Why? Because in the moment that we are glorified and we are freed from the curse, creation will be freed from the curse too. Uh, last year was a, was a really cool year for, uh, for Annie and me. Because I think for the first time, uh, at, at least the first time that I can remember right now, we were able to visit both coasts in the same year. In fact, we visited both coasts within a matter of weeks. It was, it was really surreal uh, to go and see the Atlantic Ocean and then just in a matter of days go and see the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and it was, it was so much fun being there and just looking at the beauty of, of God's creation, hearing the rush of the waves and feeling the, the ocean breeze on our faces and so on. It was, it was spectacular. And I just have to step back a little bit and go, if this is how it is in a creation that is subjected to futility, what on earth will it be like when the curse is lifted? <laughs> I mean, let your mind go there. Imagine, dream, what will it be like? Paul says the glory that is to come is of such a degree that the pains that we experience in this life are not worth being compared to. Are you ready for this world? Are you ready for the world that is to come? <laughs> we, we live in a world where, where we've got uh, hurricanes and, and worlds of tornadoes and thunderstorms and, and all of these things. Can you imagine what it will be like when we will never, ever again talk about cancer as a present reality? Billions upon billions of dollars that we put into research trying to understand cancer. There's coming a day where we will only talk about cancer as a past tense thing. Mm -hmm. That day's coming. Yeah. 
creation will no longer be subjected to that kind of futility. Think there's going to come a day where, where, where evil will no longer be present in this world. We won't need to lock our doors again. We won't need ADT and Simply Safe and all these other, you know, alarm systems. They won't exist. We, we won't, you know, uh, when, when, when you're uh, parked next to somebody and you won't ever have that awkwardness when you press the little, you know, uh, thing, beep, beep, you know, and everything and they look at you like, what was that for? You know, what? we will never have that awkward situation ever again. It will never happen again because there will never be a need for locking our doors. We think about Women can look at men and no longer feel that suspicion and that discomfort of being uh, uh, objectified. That day will never exist again on that day. Men will look at women and no longer think of lust, lustful thoughts or desires or, or urges or anything like that. We will only see her as our sister in Christ. She will only think of him as her brother in Christ and there will be harmony and peace and love forever. That's not wishful thinking. That's the reality that's going on here. The curse will be lifted. That's why creation right now groans, longs for that day. I long for that day. And I hope you long for that day too. Not only is creation longing for that day, we too are longing for that day. Look at verse 23. He says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. You saw in verse 22 that, that creation groans together. Uh, notice it's not just part of creation, but the whole creation groaning together. Uh, and it says it groans in the pains of childbirth until now. I'm, 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 I'm wise enough not to elaborate on that. But, but it's, it's painful and it's, and, it's, and it's hard. And anyone who's been in that labor and delivery room, I've been in there four times. And, and every single time in there, I am totally convinced that I am the total weaker sex uh, in this whole thing. Uh, she is the boss, okay? She is the one who, who is able to birth babies and all of that, and all that kind of pain, and, and I'm looking at her in pain, and I'm tapping out. You know, I'm not feeling anything, and I'm just going, ah, I ain't about that life. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's reality. And creation is in that kind of pain, that labor pain. Now, think about it. What will that day be like when the labor is over? You see, we, the creation groans like a, like a woman in labor, waiting for the baby to come out, but she keeps pushing because she knows that the joy to come far surpasses the pain that she's experiencing right now. And we are groaning too. We are groaning. We are agonizing and so on. Why? As we await eagerly the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. Think about it this way. When we talk about our, our, our adoption, our adoption has been finalized. It's been paid in full, purchased by Christ at the cross. But though our adoption has been finalized, it has yet to be realized fully. We, we have God as our Father right now. 
We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are his family right now. All of that's been finalized. But there are still aspects of our adoption that we will not experience until that last day. And the one that Paul's talking about here is the redemption of our bodies. That glorification that we were talking about just a bit ago, that glorification is still in the future. There's still a moment that we are looking forward to and we groan together as we wait eagerly for this re final realization of our adoption when our bodies are finally rid of the curse of sin and death. Paul says it's in this hope that we were saved. You were saved because you believe that that day was coming and you continue to hope in that day that it will come and it will come soon. Paul says, please understand what hope is like. <laughs> you see, uh, hope, he says in verse 24, hope that is seen is not hope. I don't, I don't say anymore, boy, I hope for the day. I long for the day when I will be married. I've been married for 17 years. Why am I still longing for my wedding? You see, I already have it. I've already been there, done that, okay? A hope that is seen is no longer hope. It's realization. It's fulfillment, right? It's already come. He says, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Oh, let me tell you, I remember the day, March 26, 2004, when I got down on my knee there at the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, and I asked this lovely woman to be my bride. And she said, and I quote, <laughs> and all of that, and I interpreted that to be, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I remember from March 26 to November 6, which is our anniversary, our wedding day, I remember what it was like to wait eagerly with patience, right? Every day. Bye. <laughs> you know, and, and she would go, and I lived in Maryland, and she lived in Pennsylvania, and every time that happened, every single time, either I would go home to Maryland, or she would go home to Pennsylvania, and so on, every time it was like ripping us apart. It was like, this isn't the way it should be. It's not the way it should be. That's why November 6th happened, right? And we said our vows, and we got married, and so on. The longing was over. But until that day came, I eagerly awaited that day, right? I, I can't wait for the day when I can finally say she is my wife and not my fiance, not my girlfriend, not my BFF. She's my wife, right? She's mine. That's what it's like for us right now. We're waiting for the day. The longing doesn't mean that the day is not coming. In fact, the longing is the proof that the day is coming. The closer we get, the more I crave that day. The more I long for the day when I can see my Savior face to face. The more I long for the day when I can be finally free from the curse. We wait eagerly for that day when we can see our Father and He says, Come here, son. Come here, daughter. Let's go home. Amen. That day is coming, and that day is coming soon. The present pains that we feel and you may even feel more in 2022. They're going to feel heavy. 
Burdens that you will not be able to carry on your own. The weight is much stronger than you can bear. There is a future after the moment. That future is glorious. For every single one of us that is in Christ Jesus, that future will be glorious. So much so that our present pains are not to be worth uh, comparing with the glory that is to come. Creation longs for that day. God's people long for that day. My question is, do you long for that day? Don't let your present pains blind you from the future to come after the present pain. Rather, let them intensify the longing. Let them intensify the eager anticipation. Wait eagerly with joy and with hope. Because our Savior is coming soon. He's going to make all things new. He's going to start with us as his people. And then he's going to work on all of creation. Far as the curse is found. For that day, we grow. For that day, we hope. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We don't know what this new year will give to us. But we do know what you have promised us for the future. Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of your people, my brothers and my sisters here, that we would see through the pain, see through the hardship, see through our struggles with sin, see through our struggles with being sinned against, see through the struggle of living in a fallen world. May we see that future glory and may it stir in us a hope, a longing, a groaning until that day is made realized right here before our eyes. We long for that day. And Lord, for those who don't know Christ as Savior, oh, may they let go of the empty promises of this world. And may they cling to the promise that you have given us here. The promise that can only be realized in the person and work of our Lord Jesus. Lord, may this day come quickly. As you're seated here, perhaps you've lost sight of this hope. As we sing and as you sit and reflect, may you pray, God, please keep my eyes open. If you've lost sight of it, Lord, please open my eyes. Help me to see again. Or help me to see for the first time. Help me to see what is to come. May God give you the endurance. May God give you the anticipation. Keep taking one step in front of the other. Let's spend some time now and reflect on what God has spoken.